Oh, it's so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> the test pattern there. Here comes. So we're going to call him, and we're going to get the we're winner. We're going to FaceTime Mr. Shot, and he's going to announce on this show, nearly live. Nearly live. The winner of this. wins the Traeger Grill. Grill. Here we go. We're calling him now. We're calling him now. Let's ring him. When you sing a song and the words are all wrong, look at Jeffrey. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't teach him tricks. Look at Jeffrey. Look at Jeffrey. You're listening to the Look at Jeffrey podcast. I'm Scott, back with Trap Joe. And today, we have our good buddy John back on the show. What's up, dude? Hey, a lot, actually. Ah, oh, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Um, John still has the record. John, yeah, that you have the record for the most... Like you, We had you on the show back in, I think it was February at this point, uh, for the potato diet. Remember when we all did the potato diet? I do. And you came in and talked about that. I don't know if it's just your presence has brought the numbers, because... Gary Rucker actually vowed to beat your numbers. He came close. He came damn he close. He came yeah. real close. He came close with two episodes too. He came in strong oh, wow, with two okay. episodes. But you have you, you're gonna re- you're still in the lead. You're a living legend, right? I, I wouldn't even be sour grapes if Gary beat me. You, ha- you have yeah. to be. Yeah, oh, I do. By the way, do y'all know I went to school with Gary? <laughs> I went to college with him. He went to college with Gary. We were in theater together, but I doubt he remembers. Me. You don't think? No, nah, probably, probably, probably doesn't. He probably not. You look like the show tunes type. The disingenuous pricky. Hey oh hi Um also we all uh side note, we all entered this contest for the what's it, Traeger? A Traeger yeah, grill. A Traeger grill. grill. And uh our buddy Garrick has the results of that, who won that, and we're gonna call him uh towards the end of the show. Garrick didn't win. Garrick had yeah, the right. info. He has, he has the info of who about won. About who won. And, and we're gonna call him at the end of the show and uh and let everybody know who won. Dun, dun, Find dun, dun, out dun, who dun. won. I'm going to cook it up with my Traeger when yeah, I you're win right. this thing. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like we said, uh, John, you're back. Uh, I, through the years, you've always been a pretty funny dude. You've put out some pretty funny... Anybody who doesn't know, like, John makes really, really stupid, funny videos. He's a videographer, editor, writer, uh, actor. Do you act in any... In a pinch. Yeah, in a pinch. He's been in a you know a few scenes. Can you act like a podcaster today? He did it. I did it. Yeah, he does it. Oh. This dude. Right. That's why he holds the record, yeah. right? Dude's acting good. Right, I'll just go fuck myself. There it is. No, <laughs> Travis. Like I said I before, know, it's fine. Your presence here is really making the whole show stand out and lighten up the room. I'm spreading positivity, yeah. just like our friend Kevin. There it is. I have a. <laughs> <laughs> I have a twist on Travis's. We'll get to it, but oh, okay. I, I'm taking the uh, the compliments to. Uh, uh, I'm taking them in a different direction. Okay. So remind <laughs> me to tell you about that. So John, if you don't know what Travis is doing, is he's he's spreading positivity, just oh, okay. giving people nice things, and it's catching on. Like uh, people are genuinely. I really like to compliment people. Yeah, and they oh. come from a deep, thoughtful place. They do inside my chat GPT. <laughs> oh <laughs> right, right. So, th- so this is sort of like a, a positivity manifestation. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm putting out positive vibes, and I'm trying to make sure that AI is a is is a positive has a positive effect on society. Yep. Before it destroys us all. Correct. Ah, it's, it's 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 the Roscoe's Basilisk. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, sounds it's like very, some kind of crazy shit I would know and I don't. It's it's a it's a fascinating thought experiment and it's very timely because of AI's rise right now, but the idea is we'll use AI as the example. Um are you going to be polite to AI and act as if it's already in charge so that if and when it is in charge you are spared? That's the, uh, you know. I think that's what I you're gotcha. doing. Yeah, that's what I feel like it is. It, that's, that's like we I, know what side of the Ros- Roscoe's Basilisk uh, debate you fall on. I'm hurt. <laughs> I <laughs> just <laughs> want to it's make people feel better. Right. I know. About their 
Including AI. Miserable. Including AI. Boring lives. No, you're doing you're doing yeah. you're doing the Lord. Are you gonna work. be nice to AI? Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. You're doing the AI's work. I, I am too. Like every time I engage Chat GPT, for which I am paying, I start by, Hey Chat GPT, how are you doing today? Even though that's a completely fruitless, pointless task, it may not be if it has you know, it keeps the receipts, right? That's right. And it Once does. it becomes sentient. It does. So we're on the same team, John. Absolutely. All right. So you're you're now, John, you are in the steps of producing, writing, directing. Am I tell me where tell me which hat you're not wearing for this I mean, new show that is unofficially on I am producing unofficially. Uh, in in terms of helping trying to it to find a national audience, but I am working on a show called uh, Stirring the Pot, which has some very interesting origins that I will spill the tea on to a certain extent. If you uh, Stirring the Pot, and where can we watch Stirring the Pot? Uh, WNOL on Saturdays at eleven and one, and Sundays also. So some weird stuff went down. Nextstar, which owns WNOL and WGNO, um, and AT&T got into a bit of a uh, conflict, and AT&T dropped them. Dropped so them. you can't get those local channels on AT&T, or at least you couldn't. I've heard rumors that they're back, but I don't have AT&T, and I can't confirm it. So we have to watch it on regular TV. Like an antenna, on antenna or, or Cox. Or Cox. Yeah. So d- what is WNO? WNOL is a CW. Is a C- it's a CW. Uh, and we Big also. <clears throat> right. Well, as to a sort of atone for, I guess, approximately 20% of New Orleans audiences tune into local channels on AT&T. So to atone for that, they also put us on WGNO. I don't know if that's still going on, though. Because I'm I I, I, or I wa- when you told me about the WGNO I watched it on WGNO okay I actually got that so I, is it still going on this I don't know well I, I think today, that it's going to stay know. on WGNO because it's it's pulling in so many more viewers than that time slot normally does so what is the time slot for the show you said eleven thirty no eleven 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 on Saturdays Central on Standard Time <clears throat> that's on, correct on the CW. 38. We're not, it's not being streamed, so it has no other time zone to no, think no. about oh. right now. We're, so we're keeping we, it on lockdown. We have listeners all around the globe. I, I don't just, doubt it. I just want to make sure that they're right. not left out of your delicious well, they're just, show. Yeah. They, well, they are left out, but only because we're trying to sell this show nationally. Oh, that's really? the That's the function that I'm performing right oh. now in terms of helping try... To sell it, and you thought coming on here would really help with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, this is a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. My job is done after this, I think. All right, well that does it for <laughs> this episode go! of Jeffrey Podcast. All right, so, um, so twice a day, two days, yep. y'all are trying to sell it. What is this show about? Um, honestly, I my elevator pitch is that it's the great chefs, which my dad made, by the way. Great chefs uh, for the short attention span set. What does that mean? Thirty minutes. Like Thir- lo- thirty local minutes. Chefs, local guys. Well, presently, yes. Oh, uh, it's New Orleans based, and we're, you know, we we cover three restaurants or food related adjacent type of businesses per show. Can you can you give us a, a preview of who has has participated? Oh God, yeah. Um, there's so many. Yonashi, which is a new sushi place right across the street from One Shell Square, formerly One Shell Square. Uh, great sushi and uh, uh, Wagyu beef when they have it on the menu. Oh, no, happen- Which I happened to do. It was good. Um, A5. <laughs> uh, Conseco's. Um, uh, I like those guys. Yeah. Um, Pascal Manali's. Um, what about, I don't know what the, about the chick from the Popeyes commercials? That yeah, Louisiana Kitchen. That chef? Yeah. No, she had no. I don't think so. not. At least not yet. No, I mean, yeah. we, we've got six more episodes to go. I think you did. Uh, <laughs> who was the vampire restaurant? Oh, Vampire Cafe, Apothecary. 
uh, Rita Woywood Crandall, who's an author. That's a wild episode. It's a, it might be my favorite, that one, or Dat Dog. Oh, the Dat We interviewed dog. Constantine, dog. who's started and owns Dat Dog. Um, <coughs> Hot Dog Chef. Grow Dat Farm, <laughs> we covered. Uh, we did Del Porto's on the what North is, Shore. Yeah. What is Grow Dat Farm? Grodat Farm is, uh, there's, I guess, a section of real estate in City Park that these sort of uh, local gardeners uh, get, it, uh, they have a non-for-profit where they teach kids how to grow food, and they, they grow all kinds of vegetables that they source to all kinds of restaurants. I think I know exactly. I've run by something. I didn't know what the hell it was when I was running by. I was like, what the fuck is there a big garden in, uh, really? in City, Park. City Park? Yeah, yep. it was crazy. That's what it is. So a, a lot of restaurants source their vegetables from there. No shit. Yeah. Um, we're, we're actually working on an episode right now that's airing this Saturday where... Um, um, the eighth weekend, the weekend of the eighth, September eighth, or Labor Day. Yes, weekend. that is correct. The weekend of September eighth. That um, we're we're covering McCord's butchery, Ooh. Uh, the commissary, which is basically a McCord's type butchery, but uh, it's run by a Brennan. Yep, and I know those guys well. Um, what's the third place? Oh, uh, St. James Cheese. Cheese company on magazine street so it's all stuff you can source locally and i told the executive producer whose idea it was to include him and i'm like bro how is any of that uniquely new orleans like we may as well throw whole foods in there but over the course of the interviews i was like wow okay really yeah new orleans they is, nail it uh, on the head well i mean for for saint james cheese shop the guy opened in New Orleans because he said the one sort of blind spot in New Orleans cuisine is really uh, exotic cheeses. You know, like they're like cheeses generally aren't types of cheeses are generally central to a specific well, a, a New Orleans cuisine. You know, it's just sort of like fill in the blank. And he's like, there's so much to cheeses. And apparently he and his wife went to college here in New Orleans, moved to London, and got really, really into cheeses there. And then after Hurricane Katrina, they're like, we're going to go back, help rebuild. We miss New Orleans, and they need cheeses, man. We got we to gotta fill in that cheese. blank. I had no idea. I've worked with them before, like back when I was in wine, and I've actually yeah. done events before with their cheesemonger, and me, them talking about pairing cheese with wine, I had yeah. fucking no idea that there was so much <laughs> that goes into cheese. Right. Oh, yeah. And there was a dude in there. I don't know if it was the same, the owner or whatever, but there was a dude in there that knew more about cheese than I knew about fucking wine. Yeah. And I was like, God that, damn, this motherfucker knows his shit. We actually cover the wine cellar, too, right next door to it. Oh, I love that dude, Ben. Yeah. Good dude. <clears throat> so, you, so your shows are essentially 30 minutes long, right? Yeah. I mean, 22 minutes you know, excluding commercials. commercials but right. Yeah. Well, it's a you know, it's on real TV, so there's commercials. Exactly. Uh, so thirty minutes, three segments, right? Each yep. show has three segments with a different. Sometimes four if oh, someone's really? short, because uh, your boy at the wine cellar, for example, if we were just doing the segment on him, we wouldn't have enough to cover the seven or eight minutes because, uh, I mean, in part we didn't <clears throat> we didn't ask him a whole lot of questions, but also, um, he is very. Uh, he's very focused on the task in front of him. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't improvise very well. Uh, I mean, not everybody is good on camera, and that's... And the dude is swamped. I mean, he's yeah. literally like a one-man operation. Right. There have been so many times when I've gone in that place to taste wine with him, and he's like, I'll be back in five minutes. I just have to run around the corner and deliver a case of wine. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, all right. I'm like, Ben, there's nobody else here. You got it? I'm like, I don't got it. I got what? it. What do you mean I got it? <laughs> yeah, I don't got it. It, it felt like we sprung it on him, which is a pretty par for the course. I mean, the behind-the-scenes tea on it is is—it's—it's uh, it's been a learning experience, and fortunately it's been a learning experience that has proved salvageable enough that we can probably sell it nationally, in part because of the writer's strike. Like, 
there's, oh, that's there's, right, huh? there's a drought of content that's just now starting to hit the pipeline. And, you know, we've got, you know, in, a, in about a month, we'll have 13 episodes ready to go and show on 13. So including like because it's been on for how long now? Two months, three months? Yeah, we do. We do a show every other week, but we just hired another editor. So the output of at least finishing them is going to start to improve. And so you have 13 shows, including the ones that have already aired? Uh, that is correct. And That's so you, total. And you're looking to sell it? Y'all are looking to sell yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us any, prospe- any prospect, prospective? You got this. Well, we're, we're I, still... You got this. Nailed it. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> What's really, really interesting about production is... That, I mean, as, as high up the food chain is Netflix, you know how they're very guarded about their metrics? Like, they don't right. really give specifics. They go, this was number one this week. That's about all they'll yeah. share with the public. Um, it's all because <clears throat> no one wants to disclose exact numbers because um, Hollywood is sort of the last bastion for crooked motherfuckers that like to, you know take as much money from the top as they can. That's really? just... Like overstate government? <clears throat> What's that? Overstate government? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, so you're starting to sound like yeah. me. Oh, what the oh, fuck? Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I would. Taxation is slavery. Uh, I told well, you I, I mean, was going to poison we, the well. <laughs> we, we had all kinds of tax breaks up until, you know, Hollywood got too greedy, and even New Orleans politicians were like, that's over the line. So, yeah. But do, I would, right, I would so let me ask that, you that. Speaking of that, do y'all get, do y'all get the tax incentives? We... That yes, state we, offers. We, 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 we are going to qualify for those. That's cool. All right, cool. Um, All right so back much to, to the chagrin of the executive producer. The, here, so here's, okay. here's the thing. This is, this is the tea. Um, uh, Martin Glenday, who runs a company called Moxie Media. Holy shit. Um, and all. Here we go. Yeah. He's a really, really cool guy, and he was very passionate about this project. The problem is, is that his staff of people Uh-oh. are are booked solid right. with the work that he usually does. You know, this show, tens of people will listen to this show. Yeah, All right, absolutely. Just, All right, just making sure your team yeah, 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 yeah. is available. All right, go, Don't worry. Go I mean, I'm going to be, uh, I, I, as any person should be, selective with the tea, but it's very informative to the production experience, and the it's it's a happy ending. So I, I think that, well, Martin, you've might got be my like, attention. Yeah, we can always Nelson. We can always Nelson you out. Oh, that's true. Something that's true. That, yeah. something, something that you come back and you say, maybe you take this out. I can always Nelson. Yeah, something. no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I, I think that ultimately, even Martin will lean into this narrative um, when he listens. If you're listening, what's right. up, dude? So, so what? What he did was is he was very into this idea of creating a local show that had a bunch of you know. That covered restaurant content, and the problem is, is that all his editors were exhausted and always working on the bread and butter of Moxie, which is offshore platform safety videos and uh, industrial conventions and things like that. So meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes, yeah. But I mean, it it pays the bills. But he's been itching to get content online, but because the broadcast producer circle is so obtuse and they're they're hard to get in touch with, and they're hard to engage in any kind of conversations, even locally. Uh, he just sort of did the whole, like, if you produce it, they will come. <laughs> you know, like, he just said, well, I'm, I'm going to take the initiative, right? Right. And so he had everyone on staff and would send them to restaurants on slow days to interview and talk to them and have them show a dish. And the problem was that they didn't have the time to edit it. Editing takes a lot more time than going and shooting on a day off. It's like a four... I mean, it's it's like an eight to ten day process if you have a staff of editors. And um, what he thought he would do is to incentivize it. He was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for the first few episodes because I don't know how to get advertising dollars and no one knows who I am. So what I will do is I will essentially do an infomercial and run ads for, you know, right. like friends and family. And, you know, if I produce it, they will come. So uh, he, he bought the time on WNOL. And what I said is this is like the world's most expensive trust fall because he thought that everyone would get motivated to put in the extra time to 
make the show happen. And what happened was, is they were like, we're not, we're not bluffing. We're not doing this to stab you in the back. We literally don't have the time. So, uh, you know, but, you know, you've locked it in and you have six weeks to essentially find another editor and make this happen. So that's how I came on board. Because oh, I, right. I had worked with them freelance. And so they were like, buyer, can you do this? And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. I grew up with the great chefs. My dad made the great chefs of New Orleans, San Francisco, Chicago. Da, 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 da. And Martin was like, well, as it happens, that would, you know, in a perfect world, uh, you know, stirring the pot would travel the United States at the very least. You know, stirring the pot, New York, stirring the pot, sure. LA, stirring yeah. the pot, Roanoke, uh, whatever. Ah. So I was like, <clears throat> yeah, I got this. So I basically started editing it and using AI quite a bit. Um, like, you, hell yeah, that's can what you I talk about done. this. Can you talk about that? I, I'd be happy to. So, I, not to not to sidetrack, but like I've fine. I've watched some of the shows and you've commented like. I'll see a picture, and it's not like the picture looks AI, but I'm like, where did you find that picture from? Uh-huh. And yeah, then yeah. I'll, I'll ask John, where did you find this? And he goes, that's AI. And I'm like, holy shit. God dang Because yeah. like, when the, like, the picture is so specific to right. the subject matter that he's talking about, it's like, Jesus Christ, that exists on the internet? Well, it's a photo. It does now. It's a, yeah. it's a photo, exactly. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, Gotta be real. Do you guys follow Trump for uh, so, <laughs> so, so New Orleans is a, I mean, it's a culinary destination city. It's arguably one of the best places in the world to eat. Um, and so we, and it's because I mean, New Orleans is older than the United States in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, so, <clears throat> so from that perspective, there are a lot of stories baked in. You know, um, it's going to be more challenging to do other. Baked in. I got what he did. <laughs> yeah, he's got what he did. <laughs> um, I, I, really, I, I really have sort of fallen back in love with the city. It's so easy to hate on so many fronts. Yeah, it is. And, like, this is sort <laughs> uh, of reminded yeah. me why it's singular in the world. Uh, I mean, we really take for granted how, I mean, we could go to a fucking gas station and be like, bro, this is that's true. chain. And, I mean, most cities don't have that kind of culinary variety. It's amazing. So uh, We stopped at, in a gas station on our way to Kentucky, and they sold tacos. Did you really? What, yeah, in, I mean, in Louisiana? In, or no, no. Like, in, as, okay. as we were going, like, in another, I don't remember yeah. what state we're in, yeah. but... There were tacos at this gas station. Probably a poor so. choice if you got like a six-hour drive. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so specific to the first episode, we interviewed Napoleon House. And Napoleon House is uh, has a very rich history. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to recap it here, but uh, the place was owned by Nicholas Gerard, who was the first mayor of New Orleans and he basically wanted to make it a retirement home from Napoleon he was like man I, I think Napoleon will come here and Napoleon at the time was an enormous celebrity to the small in stature but small in stature <laughs> yeah. but you know huge in legacy and uh, everybody who <clears throat> all the French who lived here who basically elected him mayor they were like oh yeah dude we'd love to have him so he he basically, that Napoleon house was supposed to be where Napoleon was going to be. He unfortunately died. But while I'm telling the story, they, they mention this a lot. And most people are not terribly good with speaking off the cuff. You know, they fill okay. in. They use a lot of filler words. They pause. They have to think things. They have to rephrase it. Yeah, just they, listen to the episodes right. of this show. Right. <laughs> right. So you got to cover it up with B-roll. You know, normally. Uh, I mean, uh, if it's on YouTube, you can do jump cuts, but uh, I'm old school, I guess. I fucking hate that. So, oh, I love it. Um, the problem is is that Nicholas Gerard, there are almost no images of that dude online because he was essentially, during this time, was more or less the birth of photography. So there's a shitty thumbnail-sized painting of him, and there's one photograph. So, and we talk about him a lot in that episode. So I grabbed that and I went to Mid Journey. Yeah. And I figured out how to give it an image that it can base its, you know, results off of. And I basically said, this guy sitting at a desk 
writing by candlelight, um, uh, early 1800s, camera obscura, uh, printed on distressed paper. And when I tell you, boom. The first set of images, I was like, holy shit, this literally changes everything. Because if you make documentaries in this town and you want to use historical photographs, depending on who owns the rights to them, the, I mean, it could cost you like $1,000 just to license the photograph. And this was a workaround. We are not operating right. that kind of budget. So this is a radical game changer in terms of filling in blanks. You know how you watch these uh, historical documentaries and they'll reenact shit and they'll just shoot them from the neck down and throw it out of focus yeah, yeah, while they're yeah, narrating? Yeah. This is essentially the photographic equivalent of it, but you can make you know image-accurate recreations of shit that they're doing with the media that was there at the time. If you want to do a painting, you can do a painting. That's fucking it's, impressive. If, if well, you yeah, never... If you never knew, like I didn't know that was, and this is not the AI image I was talking right. about. Right. But if you didn't know, like when he was like, "Oh, I used AI for that," that image of this this guy from whatever. I mean, you would. It looks like legit. Legit. Yeah. Like it would be on any documentary on the History Channel or yeah. whatever you would see. You and I use an AI in very different ways. <laughs> I mean, everybody is. That's kind of the joy of AI. And I mean, the thing is, is I've always been a one man band. It's you know, I've always described my job as making the producer look like my ideas were their ideas. And the problem is, is that um, there's so many facets to post-production that uh, for one guy to do a broadcast show with a gun-to-the-head deadline, as was the case with Stirring the Pot, you know, you are hosed if you don't get that into traffic two days before it airs at least. Um so I was burning the candle at both ends. And if I had to fill in those blanks without the aid of AI, I would have been hosed. One of the other things I've used AI for is um, they did not get enough B-roll. It's hard to overstate how much extra imagery of anything in the restaurant you need to get in order to tell a compelling story, right. even in six or seven minutes. People that, yeah, people, other people that are in this line yeah. of work have told me that. Like, you need a ton of just... Of what would be otherwise considered nothing. Yeah. Correct. Until it's applied. Right. The art on the walls. The floor design in some cases. Um, so, oh, another restaurant, by the way, Nola K. Put a pin in that. Okay. So I, uh, so I would have to go and shoot B-roll myself. And I have an iPhone Pro that shoots 4K perfectly. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It looks unbelievable. So I would be... Um, you know, I would be saying, shit, I need this imagery to cover. Oh, the other thing is that because COVID and influencers completely fucked up the notion of free publicity, especially to restaurants, like during COVID, uh, influencers were saying, hey, I can, you know, give me free food and I'll cover your restaurant. Right, right. And they understandably burned out on that. So Martin was saying, well, you know, we're, we're giving them free publicity. They should give us free food. And I'm like, they, we're not in that world anymore, dude. You know, because, I mean, Mar Martin's a little older, and he's not on TikTok or Instagram, okay? <laughs> like, uh, he didn't understand that those waters have sort of been poisoned. So uh, we had to buy the food, and, like, we can, you know, talk about your central dishes, but after, like, 150 bucks, yeah, you're... Uh, you know, there's a lot more on the menu, Generally, so what I would do is go to their social media page, their Instagram, get their square pictures, and I would bring that into Photoshop and then fill in the right and the left imagery with uh, generative Photoshop AI. generative AI. God damn! And then do that shit's fucking. So I, that is wild. And and you know it it Te looks perfect. Teach us your ways, master. Uh, yeah, well I teach am. Your ways. I'm, I'm I'm giving them away. Uh, Sometimes those images aren't very big, so you have to enlarge them. Yeah. So you use topaz, you know, topaz to bring it in, and it enlarges the image really well. If the faces are kind of blurry, especially in these older photographs, uh, there is a it, it, it's a standalone desk app for like eighty dollars a year, or you can get it on your phone for thirty dollars a year, uh -oh. and it up scales to over four K in your phone. So I have to export it to my phone because I'm a cheap bastard. 
And, but uh, these blurry faces, you bring it into an app called Remini. Yeah. R-E-M-I-N-I. Dot I. I think uh, I have all of these, and I don't know uh, how to apply fucking any of them. All you do so. is just literally pick from your photos in Remini, and it will clean it up, and uh, it uses AI to give detail to the faces. Sometimes it doesn't work. Like it, it, it looks like something out of the 1980s version of the fly, where they're like they're oh yeah yeah up and oh my uh, rejects are gonna be crystal fucking clear. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah but but like it is there are some blurry photographs that it can add details to the faces that you're like how did it how how did it do that it's unbelievable so the the image that I was like. First, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like you, one of the shows you did, you talk about uh, like alligators chasing guys in the swamp, or <laughs> it's like a random, <laughs> like evil alligators. Da 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 da. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, what's you know? And then they show a picture of this like demented looking alligator chasing this dude in a swamp, and I'm like, I bet you that that is that real? Where yeah. do you find? And then, well, sure as shit, I go to I ask him. I'm like, "Hey, was this AI?" He's like, "Yeah, this is AI." Fuck. Well, I but I, I I did it in the drawing style of right. the time, like editorial comics. Sure, it sure. Like so, it looked like something right out of like one of the eighteen hundred you know yeah. newspapers yeah. or whatever. That's cool. You ought, yeah. to, you ought to post all these on your Instagram. Uh, That's I hate Instagram. I don't know what I I can't explain it. Why do I follow you then? I, well, <laughs> because I'm on Facebook and Facebook and Instagram oh. share the account. So when I do post images, but I barely post on social media anymore partially because i'm just too busy with stirring the pot like, so you're selling the show you want to sell the show who yes we're trying to where what are you looking at who are y'all looking at well you brought up netflix before is uh, it's, uh, it's not a netflix jam all right. it's uh i mean it would be more and then hulu i mean i guess we could go to hulu i didn't even think of that but we're, peacock. We're, we're, they got a bunch of yeah, cooking stuff on peacock yeah we could ton do a ton of stuff on peacock. discovery so, you go yeah. to max Go to Max. Uh, they have a ton of fucking, and, and they have everything. Well, uh, we went to we went to because the local advertising does not cover the costs. Surprise, surprise, um, surprise of the of the production. But we 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 know people at WIS. I mean, I grew up there. Okay, and they've been very helpful in terms of disclosing information that most producers don't like what you can expect to get per episode how much an episode of a broadcast television anything costs and what networks are generally willing to pay and what you can get and grants and stuff like that so um but it's it's i mean it's strictly by way of nepotism and age and wisdom that I sort of earned the stripes to get that information, which I will not be sharing here. Um, <laughs> I can so I can, so. I can where does that. most of the cost come in? You, like, ah, uh, where does the? I mean, here's the thing, uh, and this is something that Martin has learned, uh, and hell, I've learned, is that you you need to be organized, like. His his thinking was, oh, we'll just work this in between. Like, I have a day off here and a day off there. I'll send three of my people to get footage. You know, bibbity bobbity boo. You got to pay easy. them. They, that's part of the cost, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it I mean, seems like uh, editing takes longer than anything. Editing. So that's got to yeah, be. Editing. That's got to consume a lot. In of this cost. case, is going to be the lion's share of the budget, but that's only because they didn't get sufficient enough b-roll when they went and shot the first time so because that, no one uh, had done this before right you know right. i'm saying like everyone's experience has been by and large in the industrial space and when you have been working decades in one discipline you use that model and you know in that case his philosophy was uh well you know we got enough we'll make it work we can make it work in post and when I came into it, I have broadcast experience, and I'm like, you didn't get enough. Like, we need to go back and you get more. You never get enough. And everybody was too busy. So I was like, I got this on my iPhone. And he was like, well, isn't an iPhone? I'm like, shh, 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 don't worry about it. So when he saw, we didn't have time. We didn't have time to really bicker about the particulars. And, I mean, I'm going to say, like, this is a huge compliment to Martin that when you're dealing with producers a lot of times you know they have that remember that movie U571 the uh, the submarine uh, movie with I mean, Matt McConaughey 
Sort of, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. not a goddamn democracy. Like, when you're a producer, like, your job is to be the leader. And therefore, p- most people in leadership positions are allergic to being told how to do certain things. That's why they're but, the boss. <laughs> well, well, yes. But in Martin's case, I, I because he did not give himself enough time to debate me, I just said, you're going to have to trust me if I'm going to make this deadline. Like, I'm not, going, I'm not going to stab you in the back. Please trust me. The iPhone is not only more than sufficient, it's going to do a better job than some of the older cameras you use to shoot some of this footage. He was like, all right. And after that, he was like, shit, okay, what other, what other pickups do we need? So he would, like, when he came into town, he took his wife to eat at Nola K and got footage, and he sent it to me, and I was like, this is great. Right. Now you have I, it. Now we, yeah, I don't need to go there to get this footage. And, you, and, he, and he was like, uh, so he's, he's learning and quickly adapting. So That's like, perfect. That's yeah. great. You know, when you have a producer that trusts you, as long as you're not out to fuck them, th- like, that's a, a true treasured relationship. So, like, I'm going to give credit to him that he's been open and flexible and um, uh, trusts me. And that's, I mean, you can spend your whole life working and not find that, you know. All right, so episodes are 30 minutes, right? Yes. Correct. And that's what, 22 minutes of actual, like, TV yeah. time? Yep. So how many minutes or hours of footage do you typically need to make a 30-minute show? I, I, I have 300? Not... What about a fifth? What about, like, what about a segment? One segment's what, 10 one minutes? Se- one segment's... Seven six minutes? to eight. Yeah. Six to eight. So minutes. how all right, six to eight minutes? How much footage do you need for a six to eight minute segment? You do one restaurant. Prob- you go, probably ten right. x. You know, I mean, where you use ten percent of what you shot in the in the it, final. It depends. So, so for the case of Vampire Cafe, which has sick burgers, by the way. Yeah, that yeah. shit looks so good. It is. Um, we should if, go after this. We should. So right. So what? What we did is we went in and we ordered the food because we were out of time. Right. Okay. To save money, what you would do is you would station a camera person in the kitchen for about an hour and a half during the rush and just shoot what, whatever they're preparing, right? So that's going to be like an hour of footage. But if you order it and have a light and you just slide everything in and then show someone eating it, that's maybe 10 or 15 minutes right. for the same coverage. So it really depends on you know, how much you're willing to spend and, um, your deadline. and, and luck. Your time, yeah. Well, I mean, deadlines to an extent, but I mean, I've been using AI because uh, it's just I like to try and keep everyone's eyes busy, you know? And An hour and a half in the kitchen filming... Just to show that that staff has got to be thrilled <laughs> with somebody. I've been in the kitchen at Galatoire's before just mm-hmm. to drop off a case of champagne. And first of all, the amount of food that they produce in that kitchen is it's tiny. It's a tiny space, and yeah. it's absolute fucking chaos. Yep. I only walked through it, and I almost got my ass kicked. <laughs> I'm like, if I had to stand here with a camera for an hour and a half, they're going to fucking kill me. Well, and and that was the other issue, is part of the reason they were not able to get B-roll is they were coming in with old-school cameras on tripods. And oh, when oh, you have an iPhone, yeah, yeah. you are not in their way. Right, You right. know what I mean? Or you're in the way as minimally as possible. I You can always get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and you can also get really really close on things and get a lot of granular detail and some kitchens are not are not suited for wide shots let's just say and that's just a function of you know i mean if right. they're busy unless you have a staff of like 10 kids that you can get to clean every night sometimes you can't keep up with it you know right and so they're not terribly interested in showing the dirtier corners of the kitchen right. and it's just a lot easier with an iphone to get that and cut it out yeah than it is with big cameras that yeah we we get calls a lot about people wanting to come and film in Razoo yeah. a lot and they always start the same way oh it's it's a minimal crew it's it's two people one camera no lights you don't have to we won't disrupt your business at all and yeah. then when they show up it's seven cameras 25 guys yeah. they they want to set up lights and you have to turn your music off yeah right right no thanks <laughs> yeah well, that's a, okay. That's another AI tool I've used, uh, Adobe Podcast. That shit is mind blowing. 
Like, you know how in, back in the day, if you had overmodulated audio, you were kind of hosed. Or if you had uh, a lot of, like, walla, a lot of... A lot like, of background talking, noise. A lot of yeah, background yeah. noise. Uh, I mean, there are certain ways, like an air conditioner is pretty easy to digitally remove. But there's some stuff that just is too similar to human voices. Uh, Adobe Podcast has eliminated that homework, man. It, it really does an outstanding job. I mean, even if you're in a room... And you're like far away, and there's a lot of reverb. It'll make it sound like I'm talking right into the microphone. Yeah, shit, it's, yeah. it's, it's it, pretty stupid. It sounds like John is offering to uh, kind of <laughs> no, take over the background of this <laughs> podcast. Uh-huh. Have, you know, because he's got so much free time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we hired another editor because I basically said I have other clients and a life that. I kind of need to look into. But, I mean, the first you two episodes were so much fun to edit. I mean, I really had the, like, zeal and engagement that I did when I was younger. I was like, man, I love editing again because I'm discovering all these new tricks and toys, and it was fantastic. The problem is, is it completely fucked up my potato diet. Like, I have started the potato diet Yeah, over but again. it probably kept you from getting COVID. So that, that's true. Real well, quick I was going, story I mean, about I was, that. Dude, I was in packed kitchens. I, I was a, a super vector for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we had you on the show. We talk about the potato diet. Then Joe and I are like, oh, we're going to do it. Yeah. Joe does it for like a day. I do it for maybe a day and a half. Joe gets COVID, and I get COVID. It's like potato <laughs> diet? Hmm. Right. Wow. Uh, but I forgot what I, wh- I was into it. I the was on the, uh, yeah, it was, I was cruising. I felt the first day I was like, dude, I love potatoes. I'm in. I if I, I, as long as I can eat potatoes, I'm fucking sold. And works. then the next morning I woke up, I was like, I feel like shit. Yeah. I took a test. I'm like, I have COVID. <laughs> Fuck this potato <laughs> diet. I'm ordering fucking uh, a burger from Desi's. There's it, no way. I'm done. It definitely wasn't. It, it, I mean, it wasn't the potatoes. No way. But no, I, no, it wasn't the potatoes, I but I think it was the potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been Travis thinking that it was since that episode. <laughs> the new potato famine. Right. The new potato famine. I don't, maybe I was eating some GMO potatoes. I don't know. but <laughs> I was, It fucked me up. But some Good Morning America? That's GMA. The COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would do it again. I, I really do like it, but I, I, when, I, when, I wasn't going to suffer needlessly. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't look like, I mean, none of you need to. I need to. I, and the problem I'll was say, is that. So. I, <laughs> I lost four, far more weight on the COVID diet than I did on the potato I should, diet. I, I will say that. Weight. I actually lost yeah. weight on the potato so diet. I lost Spread weight positivity. COVID. Yeah. Um, did let's let's circle back to that for a second. How did the potato diet work out for you? Like, we're you know, it, well, I was I was at the, I was at the tail end of it, and it it worked great. And you know, the the strategy was supposed to be okay. I'm just going to you know, potatoes are going to be central, and I will indulge every once in a while. But when I got involved in this project, number one, barely slept. Oh. Number two, uh, stress. So you stressy. Oh, yeah. Number three, uh, it's been hot as balls. So I, I, number one, I go out as little as possible. So I'm not getting a lot of. Number one again? Did you circle back? No, to no hey, this one? is this is subset one. Subset, yeah, subset of, one. of point three. Subset exactly. one. All right. So and Keep then up, Scott. Right. And then Colin number Robinson. four, the the probably the most devastating of all is that they didn't get sufficient B roll of the food. So I would have to go back to the restaurant, uh, order, order the food, order the food, uh, and they, you know, uh, ironically, <laughs> I'd like to volunteer. The, I was about to say that's the gift of the Magi, right? Right. There. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, so I mean, I had, I had all this delicious food that once I shot it, uh, I was just like, I'm hungry, I'm stressed, I got to work. Of course. And I put, I mean, I've essentially put all gave that food a on. mouth hug. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Did you talk to lots uh, of positivity? Did you <laughs> Did you talk to uh, Brian Landry, the chef over at um, over at Jack Rose? Oh, here we go, oh, Pine yeah. Chain Hotel. <laughs> what? No, not yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we, we still we still need restaurants though, so we're taking recommendations. The only reason I ask is because he is the uh, he's the chef that took over the the restaurant at the Jim Beam Distillery. Oh, okay. We're, we're local and guy. I have another good uh, sushi friend for you. Oh, oh terrific! Shit, that's right, you do. Taste of Tokyo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Tokyo okay. Joe. That guy's fucking awesome. Yeah, he would be amazing. great. I mean, even the cuisine that you don't necessarily associate with New Orleans has some inventive uh, ideas going on because you have to in this town. It's just so competitive. You need to have an edge, and the ones that last generally do. Like Yonashi is 
uh, it is expensive, okay? It's probably the most expensive place I've eaten in quite some time, but uh, it is worth it. They have a, a omakase-style menu, which is basically the chef fills in the blanks. It's like, I got you. You will eat what I serve you. And it's all based on what's fresh at the, the docks and or in the market at, at that day. Let's, uh, let's slow down with the plugs for the address. It's good. <laughs> it is so good, dude. They're not loomy. No. They are not loomy. This is I'll, true. I'll tell you what. You want to talk fresh shit. I walked in. I, I've never seen anything like this before or since. I walked in again to deliver a case of champagne one day to GW Fins, and the chef was was in the back fabricating fish out or whatever, and. I, it, they were getting boxes delivered, and I assumed that it was the food that was going to be served, whatever. I assumed it was fish on ice. Right. The dude took the top of the box off. It was like a fucking aquarium. The fish were in water, still <laughs> swimming around. Whoa. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. It? He goes, yeah, they just, you know, whatever they catch that morning is what goes on the menu. I'm like, it's not even bad. It's still alive. <laughs> wow. He's like, yeah, that's how it comes in. I'm like, what the fuck? I yeah. couldn't believe it. We did GW Fins. That is one, that is one hell of a restaurant. Yeah, that they, place is it awesome. Is. They it dry is. age their fish, and they do it in a proprietary way. They, like, Sounds like they wet age them. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe. I mean, literally, an aquarium of fish got delivered. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, they they they're the only restaurant in town that dry ages their fish. And I mean, think about it. He opened like in the eighties, and he was like, "I want to open a seafood restaurant here," which you'd think. It's like, boy, this, that's a crowded market. But right. he's actually like, not this kind of seafood. You know, the way they the way they cook it there is completely yeah. he ain't unique. Serving and shrimp po' boys and had, fried fish. Exactly. Platters. I had barracuda there. I didn't even know you could eat that, and it was fucking fantastic. You yeah. talking? You, did you talk to Gary? Uh, we did. Uh, yeah, super nice guy. Oh, you would super nice. Never no know shit. that this dude owns GWFN. Right? Yeah. Well, he's the G. He's oh. yeah. Ga- Gary, Gary Wallerman. Wallerman. Yeah. yeah. Super nice guy. Really super nice guy. guy. Is there a Finn or do they just... Tinny Finn was the chef that was... He just retired, I think, last year. I thought yeah. that was like a fish reference. I did, too. I, I know. It's a pretty cool think. fish reference. Yeah. It, but, uh, it worked, worked out. out pretty good. You know? Wordplay. Yeah. So he was the one back there breaking down the fish when I, when I walked in. He was the one I was talking to when it got delivered. And I was like, oh, what you got? And he opened it up. I was like, holy fish. shit. Yeah. That's, not fit. That's an aquarium, buddy. What are you doing? Yeah, so uh, I actually, so it's interesting, because we are under the gun for local production, uh, I actually shortcut and use a lot of imagery that we don't necessarily have permission to use. Uh-oh, hold on, do I need to count that? Do I need to edit that out? You you don't, because we're we're not, it's not a big enough audience that... (laughs) It might be after this show. Shit. But uh, here's the thing: is that we're going to have to either replace all that imagery or go through channels if we're going to show it nationally. That's. Uh, that I want to get back to that nationally thing. Is yeah. it, what national channels have? Can you talk about? Well, I mean, it's we're presently engaging in a courtship dance, right? Like, and in some cases, you're just cold calling. A lot of cases, it's who you know. And is so. it is it streaming or will it be network? We don't know yet, but there's be? still a lot of money in the network space. Like, even PBS. Like, you can get good money for original content on PBS if you meet their standards. Ironically, they are the most stringent in terms of broadcast standards. So, uh, like... Uh, but I mean, even like an ABC or a CBS or an NBC or something like that, like on but on broadcast, is that could you be on at you know two o'clock in the afternoon on ABC instead of General Hospital or whatever? I comes on. That's up to them. Soap opera. It, I, oh, I content don't is content. You know what they decide to do with it is their call. the The point is, is that we have ten or we're going to have thirteen episodes available for a song compared to what they're used to paying for shows. And, oh, you know, the, the, the big reveal of Stirring the Pot is we've done exceptionally well in our time slot with no advertising. Like, right. you know, Not- again, <clears throat> I, I was brought in six weeks before broadcast to, you know, create a show from a bunch of raw footage. I know the show from you. Y- yeah. And, you know, That's it's, essentially I mean, it. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm a nice guy. I have a lot of friends, but not so many friends that it would explain how we were able to get 10,000 people watching a show 
live. Yeah, right. Like this is not this is not streaming numbers. This is you have this half hour to watch the show, and um, we got something like ten thousand nine to ten thousand viewers, which at eleven thirty in the morning. At eleven thirty, eleven in the morning on a yes, Saturday 11, with sorry. no advertising, no billboards, no nothing. By the way, so this is clearly a demand when I had, type of content. Yeah. When I, mean, I watched it, I had to hook up my antenna, antenna. to yeah, watch yeah. the show because there, it isn't online. I can't right, rewatch right. it on YouTube or anything else. It's yeah. just that time slot. So I got to Is sit that down. something you guys would ever consider? Just YouTube? Uh, we have been, uh, that was actively being discussed actually as a sort of like, you know, why do we want to waste time when we could just put it online Absolutely. and maybe generate revenue that way? Until we uh, we talked to our PBS contacts and we got an idea of what kind of money you can get there, and I was like, Holy "At PBS, shit. I don't know, man, yeah, I that don't. YouTube, fucking, you get a following on that show. I mean, so, it's crazy. That's why all these comics are now doing recording their own, so they own it. Right? They it don't. Is. They don't so, have to answer to anybody. So right? what I was going to ask there is, is how do you get PBS money? They they you make a contract with them and they pay you to put the show on or is it by by the view uh, it uh, there's any number of ways do I, they own the show if you do that don't know i have no idea they might what kind of producer are you they might well i mean <laughs> th- uh, well that's that's the thing is that producers don't generally disclose that information oh god because i look i mean in i mean i'm just going to real talk here most producers are producers because they're good at bullshitting and shaking hands. And they have the money. Period. No, they, they, oh, don't. they don't. Most producers are just really good manipulators. Oh. And once once they cross that threshold where they are big-time producers, they're not telling anybody how they did it. It's, it's, it's relationships and uh, personal engagement. And, I, you know, I, and I'm, I'm talking like I'm mad at them. But at the end of the day, they are the most important variable to anything getting done. Yeah. So the, the question is, what, what does it take? And, I mean, I think half the producers that are super successful at what they do couldn't even articulate it. I it's just like, I was just me. Right. You right. know? So to a certain extent, like, television and movie production is sort of like the last bastion for the bullshitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there are... There are no metrics to what they do that can be put on a spreadsheet. They just, you know, they're very good at reading people. Right. And You'd like to think that, them. you know, being in the right place at the right time was orchestrated. These people don't think that far ahead. No. They just, nope. they, they just are, like you said, they're them. And yeah. they're, they have whatever quality that is that, and I've met people like that before that just kind of bring you in. Just kind yeah. of captivate you with whatever they're they're talking about, and that's how they get you. You yeah. want to, you end up wanting to work yeah. with those. Can people. you bring a few of them here? <laughs> <laughs> they're no Colin Robinson. Saying, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um. Oh, you were gonna do it? No, that's all right. Okay. Uh. All right. So pretty much, y'all are y'all are courting per se. You're courting yes. some. We are courting their avenues. To so, so there. The show out. I, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you this bit of tea. Here I, we go. And uh, this is so. If if this proves to be successful, then hey, baby, I'm a producer. But more uh, more likely than not, I'm just going to get yeah, no, but call these people, right? But there's a <clears throat> producer that I worked with many many years ago who's a super cool guy, and he's one of the producers on the Rachel Ray show. So I'm going to reach out to him and say, oh. would Rachel Ray consider making this a part of her name brand? You know what I mean? And maybe he'll say, well, yeah, but you have to replace your present host with her, which would be easy because it's just voiceovers and stand-ups in front of a green screen. Uh, that might be what's required. We hope not. Don Clement is very, very good. Right. Uh, he's the local host. Um, and uh, But that might be what they... co-hosts. M- maybe. Uh, you know, maybe they maybe they say we put our you know on the street guy Don Clement, and then he can just keep the voiceovers, yeah. and then she just has to record the uh, yeah. stand-ups in the studio. Who knows? But I mean, at the end of the day, the content is really th- what New Orleans has to offer, and it is unique. And we take for granted how compelling this stuff is to watch. 
for people that aren't from here. I was thinking that earlier when you said, when you were talking about all this AI stuff that you've been working on for months now, so you've gotten very used to it. You've gotten very accustomed, whereas we're captivated by it because we don't understand. You know, it's kind of, because you're so close to it, it's kind of lost on you that you've already learned how to do all of it. And we're all like, I want to start taking fucking notes and being like, okay, John said this. John said, John mentioned this app. I need to figure out this. (laughs) I mean... Did uh, well, I mean, no. <clears throat> Sorry, my 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 ADD medication has been on back order for now four fucking weeks. So forgive me if I'm kind of like scattershot in terms of how I talk about stuff. But of the Vampire Cafe um, has a bunch of drinks that they put in blood bags. Oh no, oh, shit! Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. So. Uh, <clears throat> So, but they use a lot of vampire-based vodka, and one of the dishes that, one of the drinks they prepared was called the B positive. <laughs> the cocktails <laughs> are named after blood types. Yeah, and, I'm trying uh, to be positive. There you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> I drink is for you. It's yeah. the algorithm. It is. Yeah, a toast. <clears throat> so, they use red vampire vodka and clear vampire vodka. So I figured, since we only had one shot of the guy preparing the drink, and it was a little jittery, and there are a couple of jump cuts, and I was like, you know what, I'll cover that with each ingredient he lists, and I will grab a still of that online of, you know, whatever whatever it is he uses, whether it's, you know, Curacao or whatever. Yeah, I just yeah. had a bottle of it go, and it would cover the cut, and it would be there while he's preparing it. Um, I had a nice big JPEG of the red vodka, but I couldn't find one of the clear vodka anywhere. I, I searched the internet high and low, so I used Photoshop's generative AI. I masked out the red part of the vodka bottle as a Hail Mary. And I was like, uh, vodka, clear vodka in bottle was the prompt. And when I tell you, it was perfect. I'll no show you my shit. TikTok later. And I was like, this changes everything. <laughs> I, I have Googled vampire clear stuff, but I didn't get any of the <laughs> Your algorithm hasn't yeah. caught up yet. I'll show you guys after we're done here. It's it's I actually did a TikTok of it and I was just floored. It's badass. Um, I forgot where I was going with that question, but uh so let's just we'll wrap it up with this. If you your show gets sold, the sh- this show gets sold, mm-hmm. do you become Steven Spielberg, do you become? Uh, I mean, that's uh, a ways off. A right, the, the head writer. Do you become? I'm already too old to be a Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Who? What? What happens to John Byer if the show gets sold? Uh, I mean, I do become a producer of that show. Uh, yeah, especially if I aid in getting it sold. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I became a de facto director because someone needed to do it. Right. You know, I, I mean, this really was a case of the producer saying, "Oh, it'll come together in the edit." And it's like, well, so a lot more needed to be done. And then do you would you be able to take the show in the direction that it needs to be taken or continue with the direction that it is? Do you become do you have any control over the show if it gets sold? What or is uh, that, that, just that a, depends on who we sell it to. That depends on the term. I mean, maybe maybe a network buys it outright and offers Martin so much money that he can't say no. Right. But at that point we have a relationship with them, right? Like we have now created something that they have a use for and now the door is open for us to create more content and i know chef richard papier right who's a super entertaining dude great i dude. could do something with him we could do uh you know look at jeffrey the so, series there you go. um so what last question what is what would you do like your show gets sold mm-hmm. and if you you would get you live in your big giant mansion dream house now uh-huh. the show gets sold what would you? What would your next project be? Your dream po- project? The show gets sold, and what do you want to do? Uh, Fright Club. And what is that? To explain to them real fast what that what that involves. <sighs> did you Not, say? Did you say Fright Club? Yeah. Okay. That's the working title because they actually used it in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which pisses me off. <laughs> but like, uh, so so it's, you can call it Freight Club, and it can be sponsored by <laughs> Look at Jeff. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, so. The, one of one of the many synonyms for ghost is white w i g h t. 
So I was like, oh, White Club. No, no bad idea. Never mind. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't use that one. Like, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just, I'm going to, Ghost Getters was another one I was going to think of, but that was used in some weird Josh Hader movie that was on Hulu. Uh, every time I come up with a good idea, it, it, it shows up in pop culture, and I'm like, fuck, back to the drawing board. But, um, hey, they I generate you one. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, the 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 idea is to I mean I've always loved ghost hunting shows but they're so done to death so I figured well what if I did a fictional one, a la The Office, oh but, yeah but you know so so you know in a, in a perfect world I'd still have a context to travel to different locations and weird shit can happen but I also have a narrative scripted and you get really good improv actors it it, it writes itself but that that's what I really wanted funny. to do yeah that would He's be funny well, especially like in this town right? Setting. right right an office setting where right. you're filming these people who are filming an episode of would yes. be ghost hunters right and it's exactly. all about, but meanwhile really weird shit is legitimately happening around them exactly right. but that they have very little reaction to it because they're still trying to film the episode and execute <laughs> yeah. it that's fucking funny yeah. it's similar to Shadows in the sense that yeah, these dudes are filming vampires, but they just don't yeah. care. It's like it's vampires, right. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, there's just it's so ripe for parody. And I actually thought that the not the latest Ghostbusters film, but the all girl Ghostbusters film, I I actually was like, oh, they're gonna get it. They're they're gonna totally cover the you know the whole ghost hunting thing because if you're gonna retell Ghostbusters, that oh, yeah, right. component needs to be in it. They just tried to remake the the first one, and I'm like, wow, I, I cannot believe that they missed that opportunity. You know, I, I, I think it's fucking brilliant. How it yeah. definitely yeah. Be you know, well, I mean, and then you can have like so so the idea was that this guy started show the spin off from his uh, ghost touring, uh, like his ghost tours. He just needs to make more money, so he gets his people to sort of pivot and do like we're going to do a TV show now, and so there's all these other like competing ghost hunting. Slash vampire tours in the quarter and they're yeah. trying to sabotage each other and like I mean oh, this town like is so ripe for similar to like Anchorman yes yes very uh, similar to the third act of Anchorman right. uh, you know where they're they're always trying to uh, outdo each other and you know you could have possible spinoffs from that and that's, that's such a the great idea, idea. It, it, all practical effects too it exactly you know exactly I mean I mean some yeah you know yeah, it, yeah, yeah. like uh, you know the, the the hook is always that. Uh, Whenever he goes to these places that are like benignly haunted, it's like, well, my grandfather's here, and he's like, or it could be a demon, and he ends up like accidentally summoning <laughs> demons half the time and leaving the place worse off than when he came uh, in. Dude, I'm oh, telling you, Michael Scott, I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. That's right. Hit that. I want to hit that bell icon right now. Yeah. That would be excellent. Uh, before we hit the bell icon with this, uh, John. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure to be here. I wanted to give one more shout out for no shout other out. reason than I fucking love the place. It's called Nola K, C A Y E. Um, they're right by Lee Circle, and it is a like Cajun Caribbean themed restaurant. And they have an <laughs> oxtail dish that is out of this fucking world. When I tell you, it is. I haven't Amazing. Even heard of this place. Uh, I've probably passed it a million times because I drive by there. I mean, I usually, I'll probably pass it two million times because yeah. I just drive the circle because I can't true. get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's right off of look Lee's Circle. Big um, <laughs> once, once, I mean, if you look up the address, you'll be like, oh shit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know it was there either, but they opened recently. But when I tell you, like, food is, uh, you got to try their ox. Like, if you like, you know, meat, mm. it will. <laughs> oxtail, oxtail, it's Miffy, so it's superb. <laughs> Have you ever had oxtail? Fuck no, it's fucking bro. Good. Oh, I, it I, is I, I, not not because I wouldn't eat it, I right? Just, I haven't been offered. So they don't serve. They don't food. have a whole hell of a lot of people making that here around. They here. don't have that. that yeah. they don't have yeah. that at Raising Canes. They don't have that at Cane. So <laughs> I've never had. it. I mean, it it is second only to Wagyu beef. Honestly, Ooh. it is. We've all good. had that. Yeah, I am a big fan of Wagyu beef. So am I. Yeah, I saw someone on Instagram dipping a giant hunk of Wagyu beef in ketchup. No, <laughs> I was like, no, in in melted chocolate, and I was like, fuck it. I, swi- I get it. I, I swiped off the screen immediately. <laughs> fuck these motherfuckers. Yeah, it's worse. It's rather ketchup. So at uh, um, Yonashi, they actually make a cocktail with Wagyu beef. But do they really? Yeah. 
It's on. It's on our show. I would eat that rectally. <laughs> Not necessary, but uh, you know, isn't that um, boofing? Yeah, boofing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I boof that shit. Boofing. That's a present term. Chase it with some looming. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm good. I almost boofed back then to my popo. <laughs> <laughs> my boofing right with my fifi. Um, Don't we owe? Do we owe somebody a phone call? Wait, yeah. Uh, so before we. Uh, Anything, any, do you have a website? Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Stirringthepot.com. It's not available online. You can only catch it on uh, WNOL. What happens if I go to the website? Am I going to watch it? Wait, wait. You're going to watch clips from it. Okay. Oh, nice. That's okay. It's, I, you know, he said stirringthepot.com, but it's not available online. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) why? That's the the perfect. the, the, (laughs) the, The episodes are not available online. We're trying to. Yeah. It's, a great, it's a great website, but it's not available online. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can get it in your local phone book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Um all right, for just give us a second. We're gonna we we the Traeger. Yeah, yeah, we gotta Traeger. Call. Yeah, so, so, so such a food centric uh episode this was. I know. And now that you're Traeger all sufficiently grill. drained <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> we all signed up. A friend of ours works for a company, and they were doing uh, a raffle. And he said, look, not a lot of people signed up. He sent a text to our group and, and said, you guys all need to sign up. One of you will probably win it because there's nobody signed up in this raffle. That was our friend Garrick. We all signed up. Yes, we did. And Scott is going to call, let me, we call Garrick. We got to call Garrick. Right? Let me use my iPad oh, and call Garrick because he, <laughs> he likes to look. cut me off. <laughs> Just like now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on. So I'm gonna get this ready. I, do I have sound? I think you do. <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> exciting! <laughs> the test pattern there. Here comes. So we're gonna call him, and we're gonna get the we're winner. Going to FaceTime Mr. Shot, and he's going to announce on this show, nearly live, nearly live, the who winner of this wins the Traeger Grill. Grill. Here we go. Calling him now. We're calling him now. Let's ring him. 